Hello and welcome to the brand new season of the Nintendo Switch UK podcast. We are back for our fourth season. I can't on I I can't speak. I can't believe it's our fourth season, Al. I know we've been doing this for well now this is our fourth year. It's bonkers, but it's really good fun, and I for one am very happy to be back. I've I've missed doing this. I've missed the shenanigans and the stupid chat and the dumb well, my dumb rants, frankly. I have missed my dumb rants. And I've missed you guys. It's lovely having you both back. It's nice seeing Mike and it's nice seeing you, Anton. Yeah, it's kind of surreal. This is definitely our longest hiatus of Nintendo Switch UK podcast. Uh, I think for both myself and Mike, our longest hiatus of podcasting period. And here we are back, episode 145, technically 341 of all the different content that we do. It's It's very exciting. It is. It's great though, because for me, it's been even longer than you guys, because I did have some time off while you carried the show for me for a while, which was fantastic. You were very accommodating with that. Uh, We had our special last week, which was great to get back into talking about the awards for 2021. That was a lot of fun, but it's nice to have a proper real episode again. And the thing about it is, there's just so much to talk about, so we can't even waffle too much. But before we do get started, we've got a couple of things to run through. Uh, One of them uh, is a few reviews we've had in since we last spoke but first of all have you guys been playing anything anton what have you been playing uh yeah so i've been playing through uh, a couple day- games through the holiday season so i'll just wrap rattle through a couple of the ones i've been playing lego builders ghost runner the pedestrian among us look no splunky 2 Yu-Gi-Oh! master duel bridge constructor portal if i had to highlight the best of those batch uh, bridge constructor portal is a classic i love it i adore it and coming out soon on Switch, I was playing it on Xbox for the time being. The Pedestrian is an incredible kind of 2D platforming puzzler where you can kind of move around the signage that you would see in day-to-day life, like the you know just the warning signs that you would see on a construction to the sign that you'd see on a door. You progress through the world through these signs, and it's just a fantastic title. How about yourself, Alistair? What have you been playing? Gosh, I can't remember the last time you asked me this, like, so can't remember where I was, but I completed Vice City. Still loved it. Uh, and then since then, I've been pretty much playing the same games I've played for a long time. I've been playing Super Mario Golf. I've been playing Super Mario Party. Not the new one, because I don't have that yet. Uh, I've been playing Mario Galaxy and a lot more Rush Rally Origins I still can't put down. That's that's pretty much it. I've played a few Xbox games, but I'm not going to talk about that because this isn't an Xbox podcast. Yeah. What about you, Mike? Uh, well, you, I, I've had quite a busy few months, so it has been a bit difficult. I also still don't have broadband. We're doing this on 4G, which means that I have a lot of games needing to be updated because the upload speed is ridiculously slow. I think one game I tried to update, I think it was, actually I can't remember, it might be the new season of Rocket League or something, and it says this will take three days. And I'm thinking, you know, so I've not I've not played as much as I would normally, but I have been playing kind of a variety of stuff. Um, I have also been playing some Xbox stuff and FIFA 22 mostly, to be honest. I've also been playing Rocket League uh, Sideswipe, which is the mobile version of Rocket League, which I thoroughly recommend because it's free on your phone and it's really good. I'm on season two of that. Um, And I play that a lot when I'm just kind of in between things. Um, And in terms of the Switch, lots of things really, but the main one I've kind of decided I'm going to commit to, and it has been difficult for time, I'll be honest, but the main thing I'm going to commit to at the moment is actually I've gone back to Black Flag, uh, Assassin's Creed and um, I'm actually 
really enjoying that again. And um, my biggest thing with Black Flag is the ships. I'm not that great at sailing them. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so I need to, I've decided this time I'm going to stick with it and go for it. Um, and I've got a big list of uh, a backlog of games that I want to work my way through. And I have been playing lots of things. I've got lots of stuff ready to go. Lots of things I'm waiting to download that I want to try. A few demos. Um, so once I get my broadband up and running, I will be back with more info on that. But in the meantime, I will uh, I will focus on my Black Flag and a couple other bits and pieces here and there. Mario Party, have been playing that, the new one. Um, hopefully you'll be playing that in mind at the weekend. Ah, that is the plan. Um, so that will be good or at yours, whatever we decide to do in the end. But we'll hopefully play that. Um, also... Um, some other some Mario Kart actually we've been back to Mario Kart the last few days as well that's been a lot of fun and just kind of multiplayer stuff really so it's been good but I do need to find some time to dedicate to some Switch goodness I must admit the next couple of months are important question is which Mario Kart were you playing was it 8 or was it uh, you know have you got like a sneaky, sneaky beta or something Oh, we might be talking Mario about Kart Nine, uh, Ten, or the Ultimate Mario. Oh, who knows? We'll find out later <laughs> in the show. No, I was playing the bog standard Mario Kart Eight. Well, not the bog standard because that was the Wii U version, but Mario Kart Eight on the the Nintendo deluxe. Switch, the deluxe version. Yes. Now, speaking of deluxe, we've had three deluxe reviews uh, since we last spoke, so I'm going to read through some of these. Thank you so much for these reviews. They really help the show. Uh, help us get up the rankings, help us get further when it comes to um, chart positions. It actually affects chart positions, which is wild, but it does. Uh, first one was on the 31st of December from Higpixel. So thank you so much, Higpixel. It's, uh, the headline is Love It, five stars. It says, I love this podcast. After yearning for a Switch for six months, I got one for Christmas, and it wasn't the normal one. It was the new OLED model, which was even better. I got three games for Christmas, Mario Kart Deluxe, 10 out of 10, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, 10 out of 10, and finally Super Bro- Mario Bros. Terrible. It's slow and just not fun uh, th- these days. After I recently downloaded Fortnite, and I'm looking forward to getting Luigi uh, Luigi's Mansion 3. It looked amazing. Have a great day. Bye. <laughs> I love that. That's so meta. It's a review in a review. That is reviews in a review. It's brilliant. It is. Thank you so much, Higpig. So what did you think, Anton? That was quite nice. Yeah, that that was lovely. And um, yeah, um, if you're on any of the social media, do let us know how you get on with Luigi's Mansion 3. Mm. I I just haven't picked it up yet. And that's not any other choice of being like, nah, there's just been so much good stuff on the Switch. I just haven't got around to it yet. So I think you need that uh, game in your life. We both love that. Yeah, we both completed it. It was great. It was a really good... uh, In fact, we played it almost exactly the same time, actually. Um, but yes, really good game. Definitely recommend that one. The next review we got was from Twiggy Twigster. Uh, and um, it's great to see Twiggy still doing things after all these years. 70s modeling career all the way to Nintendo <laughs> Switch UK podcast listener. Uh, simply wonderful. Five stars. Loving the podcast. Informative, well-structured and good-humoured. Uh, new grandchildren gave me the excuse to jump back to into the console scene. And the podcast is the perfect accompaniment for guiding me through this much changed experience from the Mega Drive days. I hear you. Uh, hope you continue with the good work. Many thanks. I love that one, probably because it speaks to me and you, Al. Oh, very much. I have a very much, uh, uh, I to say kindred spirit. That's not quite what I mean, but I, I get it. I totally get it. Completely. Um, and nice again, Anton, to, to hear um, another review that uh, obviously picks up the fact that, uh, well, at least Al and I have uh, got, uh, age on our side 
Yeah, uh, although I don't have age on my side, um, and though they were arch enemies for so long, uh, in my heart, Nintendo picked up the baton of what Sega was carrying in many ways. Even though they were doing great stuff, uh, the spirit of that classic era of gaming runs through Nintendo while these new fat cats of it, Microsoft and Sony, are all here with all this other nonsense such as Blu-rays. Yuck. Uh, <laughs> Nintendo is doing it right with cartridges. So. You're absolutely right. It is very much the... The, the you're right the baton has been passed and our final review that we got uh was just about a week ago or so it's my new favorite podcast five stars this is from mel plays 90 i look for new gaming podcasts to listen to all the time due to there being no connection between me and the ones doing the podcast but i love this podcast the guys are great to listen to and as a fellow nintendo and switch fan it's great to hear the passion love the news and it's perfect when i'm going on my morning run and at work 10 out of 10 well i hope Mel, if you're on your morning run night, right now, that you're still enjoying the start of season four. Oh, I shucks. That's a great review. And uh, yeah, my head's off to you because if I tried to listen to anything while running, well, frankly, if I tried to run, it would go badly, let alone try to listen to something while running. So kudos to you. <laughs> yeah, and at midnight, so cold. So I hope uh, we're warming your ears with some Switch goodness. I know, I know. I really hope so. Uh, yeah, it is great to be back. We're going to we're going to get on with uh, the news in just a second, well, before of which do, there is a lot. But I was just about to say, before you interrupted, we're going to get on with the news. But before that, we're going to talk a little bit about the website. And also, we're going to talk before that about uh, a new Patreon. I believe we have someone else joined us. We do! Thank which you. I'm very excited about. I get very... I, you know what? It's, you got so excited you interrupted me. <laughs> I, I did. Frankly, I got bored listening to you speak, so, you know, I just had to button. Oh, <laughs> carry on. Scandalous. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, no, I was going to say that it's it's so touching, the fact that we've been, I'm going to say off air, for want of a better way of putting it, for a month, probably slightly more than a month, and we've had three reviews and someone signing up for the Patreon. I'm just, I'm just blown away. You guys are just the best. You really are the best. Anyway, a uh, big... Sh- well, Patreon shout out to uh, Daniel McConnell, woohoo, who has signed up to uh, support the show. Thank you so much for doing so. We really, really, really appreciate it when anybody signs up to support the show at any of the tiers we have. There's the NES, SNES, and N64 tiers, which give you much, much goodness for I think it's two, five, or nine pounds a month, depending on the tier you want to pick. Um, you actually, I'm going to hand over to Anton because Anton knows these details better than me. What did you get in the different tiers, Anton? Yes, so for uh, NES subscribers, that is $2 per month. You get our eternal gratitude, access to our incredible Discord community, a shout-out woohoo to uh, this week. And you get uh, our personal friend code for the Nintendo Switch, so you get to snoop on what we're playing. You get to listen to the podcast live, including our bonus podcast, Last Call Live. For $5 per month, you get all that, plus you get the recorded edited versions of The Last Call, which have an incredible theme tune recorded by our one and only Mike. Then you also get access to the prequel six months early. It turns out a lot more than six months early. That will eventually be available to the public, but you're getting it definitely a year early. As well as that, you get show notes of the podcast early. So one, unabridged, because sometimes we just get a little bit carried away and we need to cut some slightly less exciting stories from the podcast. Plus, you get to see it early. Then for $9 per month, you get all that plus. You get access to an exclusive podcast, which you do called Roundup. Uh, you get access to some form of games night, which we're figuring out the formula. Used to be expansion chat, will be generally us getting on, having games nights, playing tons of games and doing that more regularly. And finally, the most exciting thing, the Mug Club. Every six months, we give a bit a cool bit of swag. Historically, mugs, sometimes hats. Never know what you're getting. 
every six months. You know what? This time I genuinely went looking to see if I could order like a plush mic to send everybody their very own little soft toy mic. That would, too I, mean, I mean, you know, I mean, let's face it. That yeah, no wonder they're so expensive. Can I, you know, I mean, imagine the um, the owl ones were cheaper, were they? Well, no, because that ones are really, really long and wanky. They take so much more cloth to make. But I, the one of my main reasons for doing it wasn't so much budget. It was more the fact I worried that certain people might use them as voodoo dolls. I did. I was going to say, I think a voodoo doll would be more to the point as to how they might be used. Um, <laughs> no, it is. It's hugely uh, appreciated. Everything, even the even the patrons that have stuck with us through this hiatus. Because I, you know, I, I know we obviously um, stopped their their fees while we stopped which was only fair but even still you know they stuck with us and they're still here and it's and we really appreciate every single one of them it's such a great community um and when i've been kind of busy and uh, you know like everybody had a few things going on and good and bad and it's actually been really great it's been a great place to to go into and i'm just so so waiting with bated breath for my broadband so i can get on with things you know um but we will get there eventually, but... What, what just happened there, Mike? You looked around as if there was a ghost in your studio. You got sleep. You looked yeah, really I did, spooked. I genuinely got spooked. I'm going to have to look behind the curtain. Hang on, let me just... <laughs> There's no way... I think it was the heating going off, but I heard a sound like that. A bit, a bit, a bit. I have never seen Mike look so scared in his life. <laughs> yeah, well, but by the way, nsukp.co.uk forward slash support dash us go check us out and um you can uh, you can help the fund <laughs> you can come and join the group uh, the support group for mike around to mike's house <laughs> yeah, absolutely uh, right without further ado let's get started on this week's news tell us what people want to know now we are going to try and fly through these and i know we've said this before but we have so much news to talk about so we're really going to try and get one-liners from you guys on these games uh, if there is something you want to talk about in more depth of course i trust you but i also want to get to bed before midnight it's currently seven minutes past nine as we record and we don't want to make this the longest podcast ever uh so we're going to start off with the first bit of news and it's ng dev team have announced Gunvane for the nintendo switch it's a 2d bullet hell shooter it's coming out 2022 what's your thoughts Alistair. Bright, colourful, noisy, exactly what you expect from a bullet hell. That's pretty much all I've got to say on the matter. I concur, Alistair. This is a title that is definitely not your kind of generic or cheap bullet hell shooter. It's glossy, it looks well done, and I'm very excited to see a bullet hell shooter of this kind, similar to kind of Ikaruga, get a budget of this scale and such quality. Yeah, little side note, I am recording tonight using 4G, which has never been done before on the podcast, so goodness knows how this is going to go, but so far so good. But if you hear, hear any weird long pauses in the uh, in the recording, it's probably because I've disappeared and the guys are having to keep talking while I return. Uh, so next up, Brute Force have announced Crumble for the Nintendo Switch. It's a fast, charming platformer. It's actually a physics platformer. It's got all sorts of kind of unusual kind of um, physics stuff going on. Um, it's uh, You can move like a slime, jump like a ball and swing with your tongue uh it's out now 14.99 what's your thoughts what's your take on this al uh kind of in uh, interested in all honesty i mean this weird little deforming blue ball but i have a slight concern about going around licking everything i mean that just feels slightly inappropriate in today's world but sure why not i think it's uh, another one of our solo developer friends this one i think it's like a one person band that's going to made this so i'm all behind it it looks fun it really does fast furious platformy ball where you lick, around, lick things what's not to like indeed uh, I, I won't lie this is a game that is selling itself off of simple mechanics the speed is 
my god it's almost like f-zero fast it is ridiculous it's like the mock speed sections in sonic 06 if you've ever played that title and i really like the tongue mechanic you can kind of swing in it swing off of your tongue like spider-man and i think the combination of the speed this tongue and the momentum will hopefully make a captivating mix it you know worked well for sonic the hedgehog so why not for crumble yeah, I think it looks certainly a decent sort of play this game and bright and colourful, which I always like. So interested to see more from this one. I haven't played it yet, but I have watched some of the, the gameplay and it looks it looks fun. So definitely worth checking out. I might wait for a sale. That's my thoughts on that one. I think $14.99 is, is great, but I might personally wait for a sale. Uh, but that's just my take on it. Red Deer Games have announced Al's Christmas present. It's Syndrome for the Nintendo Switch. It's a sci-fi survival horror. We know how much you love survival horrors, uh, uh, Alster. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I I want to play a game where I wake up on a spaceship and everybody around me seems to have gone mad and killed each other and then get chased around by monsters in the dark. I I want to do that, definitely, for sure. No, no, I don't. I really don't. (laughs) Looks good Uh, though, Anton. I think they've done a good job of this. Uh, sadly, uh, despite my love of horror, I've got to side with Alistair in this one. I think there's a fantastic game in here, but I'm, I'm scared um, looking at the, the trailer, the performance didn't look like the greatest. It was a little bit stuttery here and there. Um, thankfully, because it's a little bit slower of a survival horror, I'm hoping that won't hold it back. But the fact there's stutters in the trailer has me on a, an edge of caution, Mike. See, the problem for me... It got mixed reviews. It got mixed reviews back in 2016 when it launched, launched on Steam as well. So, I mean, yeah. See, for me, I wasn't sure if that was just my 4G playing up. This is the problem. <laughs> because of no broadband. I was watching it thinking, oh, that'll just be my 4G, but oh, that's not so great. Uh, Hamster have announced Arcade Archives Super Pac-Man for the Nintendo Switch. It's out now for £6.29. Uh, interesting one, this, because we have such a plethora of Pac-Man options now, uh, Anton. But the one thing I will say about Arcade Archives games are they all they're always pretty faithful to the originals um they're done pretty well i have to say generally that i think they're it's a good series but is it a hard sell with all the other pac-man games out there um absolutely i I think you'll be tough pressed to to pick up this one because i think previously on one of our last podcasts we spoke about a new pac-man collection that included like seven pac-mans and some of them were like really really good however it's nice to have this game existing on modern platforms super pac-man is almost like the classic incarnation of pac-man championship dx which is an extraordinary game and it has that kind of pac-man but it's ridiculous craziness that i i adore and it is you know if you want classic pac-man but with that twist this is the one for you but i don't think i'll be picking it up al Waka 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 waka. That's the sound of me going right past this game. Because why would you buy it? I mean, the Pac-Man Museum, which is the game you're talking about there, Anton, has this game in it. It includes Super Pac-Man. So Oof. it is going to be like, I don't know, what, 25, 30 quid at the most. Why would you pay £8 for this game on its own? This just seems like... It just seems dumb, frankly. I have nothing but disdain for the release of this game. I The only th- th- thought that I could have on this is that it's part of the Arcade Archives series, which are very true to the original versions of the games, and perhaps they're looking at the audience of the people who have bought every single one of those Arcade Archives games because they want them all, they want the collection. Um, but I think for me, again, if it was 99 pence, I might consider it if I wanted a bit of Pac-Man, but I, I just don't really see 
how this is going to sell um, when you have the Pac-Man collection available, uh, the archive one. That that is not the archive one. The other one that you mentioned, Al. That's a particularly good collection. It's got loads of options in there. Um, and there are others. There's the Pac-Man Championship game as well. Is that the DX one? That, that's a really great game. Yeah, I've got that one. Got, yeah, I think we've got DX one and two on the Switch. Yeah, so, we do. Yeah, um, I've, I've played them. No shortage. Uh, anyway, it's available six twenty nine, and it's out now. Nuke Nine have announced Vagante or Vagante. I think Vagante, isn't it? Vagante, surely. <laughs> I'll go like, with that. Vagante we'll go with Vagante. <laughs> sounds less dangerous uh, for the Nintendo Switch. It's a roguelike platformer with co op out now eleven pounds fifty nine. It's received mixed reviews. It actually was reviewed well, but then more recently, the Switch version seems to have got kind of more mixed reviews. Which is kind of a shame. Roguelike games, there's so many of them, though. Um, that could be its biggest problem. When you're up against the likes of Binding of Isaac and Crypt of the Necrodancer and Dead Cells and Hades and all, is there a space for this, Anton? Yeah, that is the the million-dollar question. And I'm so glad that we have had the opportunity to get some reviews on it because this is a game that looks to be doing everything well. It looks great, it has a moody atmosphere, the co-op looks to be implemented well, but there's nothing about it that's like, oh, it's co-op, it's a roguelike, but it's just, it does something simple, not simple, but it does the basics really, really well, and it doesn't really do anything that's like noteworthy or headline worthy, and that's a bit of a shame. Um, To be honest, I think if you picked it up, it would be fun, but I don't see why you'd pick it up over some of the other alternatives that we've got on this Switch, because there are just so many. Yeah, that's just because it's it's this killer heel, isn't it? It's not got anything. I mean, it's got local, I suppose, local and multiplayer online, but more interestingly, local co-op, which does add a little element of something to it. I mean, it could make it quite good fun to sit down with your friends and run through it, but yeah, it's not got a huge amount going for it. It's quite pity. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with this game. It is a solid enough title. It's just it needs to work harder to stand out among the brilliant competitions out there. Yeah, I think the biggest criticism it's received is that a lot of people think it doesn't feel quite finished. It feels very impressive, but it doesn't feel like one that is has been quite fleshed out. And I think that's going to be your biggest difficulty against some of those heavy hitters in the same genre. By the way, I've got a little bit of side news I wanted to throw in here. I don't think we've mentioned it anywhere, but there's going to be a, an eShop sale starting on Wednesday uh, as we record, which is the 9th of February, and there's going to be 1,000 games on sale. Do we have that in there, Anton? We, we do. Uh, we do not. Um, okay. So- Oh, 1,000 games. 1,000 eShop games. we more games in our libraries we haven't played. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I'll probably be firing through some of the best deals when we do our extra um, show for our Patreon. So if you're one of our patrons, you'll get me boring you with those deals. Anyway, on to the next one. It's Ubisoft have announced Assassin's Creed, the Ezio collection for the Nintendo Switch. It includes Assassin's Creed 2, Brotherhood and Revelations, all DLC and two short films coming out the 17th of February. And I'm going to be honest, I did pre-order this because A, it's Assassin's Creed and I love the Assassin's Creed games and B, it's some of the best ones. Assassin's Creed 2 still has a special place in my heart. It's one of the one of my favourites um, and Ezio is a great character and just, just, I just, yeah, I'm really happy we're getting this. I hope it's as good as the Black Flag um, collection rather than the Assassin's Creed 3 one which had its performance issues. I think it will be. I think they sorted it out with the last release and... I think this is a really welcome addition, Anton. Uh, I, I couldn't say about myself. This is whenever they were doing those previous collections, I was kind of off the camp of, I love these games, but 
I want I want the goats, you know, the true greatest of all times. And here we have them. Assassin's Creed 2 Brotherhood and Revelations works so well as one cohesive story. And since the performance got only better going from um, free to the Black Flag collection, I have very high confidence, especially since it's an older title and it's not getting kind of released in the same time as other kind of ports. It's kind of getting released just as a Switch title. It's not getting done on any other consoles yet. It was done in the past. That will be a solid port. And similar to yourself, Mike, this is one of my most anticipated games of 2022. I might finally get a chance to play them. I think I've only played two and Black Flag. I'm pretty sure they're the only ones I've done. So I really, really need to get on board with this. Um, if I, did I play two? Maybe I played one. Maybe I've already played two. So yeah, this should be the gateway for me to go and get these things. And I might well do it. I have to say, I'm kind of intrigued by the two little short films with Ezio. And I, I don't know any more about it, but that sounds interesting. Almost enough to go and get the game just to find out what that's about. Because let's face it, it'll be cheap as chips in no time at all. They always are. Yeah, the, um, the, the, I'm exactly the same. I've played two. I don't even think I finished two. I played one, I finished one. I was obsessed with one, but two I loved. But for some reason, there was an interruption in my gameplay of it. And it's a game that you, you often want to keep playing until you, you complete it, these, the Assassin's Creed games, because the story's all there. And I'm really excited for the other two games in that collection. I never got around to playing them. And as a collection, I think the Switch is the perfect home for them. So really excited about that. Next up, we have an announcement from DP Games. They've announced Summertime Madness for the Nintendo Switch. It's an environmental first-person puzzle game. It's out now, £13. 49 cool thing is though there's a demo available we love demos don't we al i I love a demo because i don't need to pay for it i get to play a game and don't pay for it it makes me so happy and i will probably go and try the demo for this one admittedly though i i'm i'm confused and lost already just looking at the video i mean it's a a puzzler the whole premise is that you are are a painter you make a pact with the devil you get sucked into your painting and you've got to try and think your way out by solving puzzles so pretty good premise sure why not um puzzle solving is not normally my strength sometimes it goes well sometimes it doesn't i think it depends if my brain aligns with the person making the puzzles or not uh and this one might go badly but i'm willing to give it a shot yeah i'm quite impressed by this you know i have always had admiration for the people that have had the patience to sit through the likes of a a mist or a what what remains of edith flinch you know these walking simulations where it's very much about being in the world (laughs) And this borrows from that style of kind of explorative puzzle gameplay. However, it's done in such a more abstract and expressive world, which really just you know adds up. You know, if it's just you in this world um, soaking each other in, why not have the most expressive, gorgeous world you can have? And this looks to have it. I'm I'm taken aback by this title, and I'm glad there's a demo so I can give it a go. Yeah, I like the idea of this. I like a puzzle game that has this kind of bleak kind of. Um, open worldy kind of feel to it which it does a lot of escapism very kind of interesting kind of premise as well it's all kind of set around uh, 1945 Prague I think and um, which I, I love that I love that kind of setting it was a World War II-esque setting um, my worry with it is that is it too odd is it too kind of disparate from kind of like what you would expect from a video game is it too kind of like is there too many like long pauses too many i don't know i for me sometimes i switch off with games that get too kind of you know especially if i'm stuck if it's a puzzle game and then i kind of just switch off from it and that's my worry whereas you mentioned what remains of edith finch that is a game that 
had me hooked from the start to the end and really did it well and it wasn't long it was only about a two and a half three hour game to get through the whole thing so i think that's my only worry with it um but as you said there's a demo let's have a go let's find out let's maybe play it and see what we think but uh it's free well the demo's free the game's not next up thomas water zooey is that how you pronounce his name i don't know thomas water zooey have announced please Touch the artwork for the Nintendo Switch. It's an abstract puzzle game. We talked about puzzle games. We talked about abstract stuff. This is about as abstract as you can get, uh, Al. Oh, my brain hurt. Just trying to watch this video. I couldn't... I've watched this three or four times over, and they show you in the video of the release, they show you sort of a series of puzzles. I cannot figure out what is going on in any of them. I don't know if it's because I'm colorblind. I don't think so. I think that might be an excuse. I don't know if it's because I'm just really dumb. I suspect it might be that, but I cannot understand the puzzles which means i'm not going to touch this game with a barge pole anton can you understand? well you shouldn't it says don't touch the artwork so you barge pole or not you shouldn't be touching it what's your thoughts anton um yeah you know i i love naturally the the visual aesthetic of it it's kind of bahas inspired so i i naturally gravitate towards it I have no idea what it works like but you know at least if i'm stuck staring at it it's some nice quirky abstract artwork um, however, I I don't know if I'll make it very far. <laughs> it's a, I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I'm kind of with you guys, to be perfectly honest. Next up, Max Mraz and Nordcurrent have announced Ocean's Heart for the Nintendo Switch. It's a pixel art RPG inspired by Zelda. It's coming out uh, the 10th of February, so this week. Uh, there's a lot of these. There's a lot of these kind of t- 2D Zelda-likes. Well, there's not a lot. There's literally thousands of them. But this one, I have to say... I think this looks rather charming. I think it looks well done. It's very consistent with the style you would expect. But I think it's got a little bit more to it, Al. I agree. It is It is so Zelda. I mean, it's sort of somewhere between A Link to the Past and uh, Link's Awakening, weirdly. It's like if you mash the two of them together, it, it, it makes this beautiful, wonderful, engaging, warm world. The gameplay... It literally is lifted straight from Zelda. There is nothing in there that you don't do in Zelda. It is a proper, true homage. And it, it looks like they've pulled one off. It's not often that people do these games and go, yes, it's a Zelda clone. No, it really isn't. Or maybe loosely this one. Looks like they have nailed it. Obviously, the proof is in the pudding. If you play it, it might end up being a poor imitation. But on the surface, it looks like this is well worth investigating. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, you know, I think where many games get branded as a Zelda clone, this looks more like a Zelda replica. It is very faithful um, and done to incredibly high standards. So, you know, if it can live up to it, it could be a hit. I hope so, because I really do like the art styles, although it is massively, as you say, a replica slash clone, depending how you want to look at it. It has got a little bit of uniqueness to it, the the art style. It reminds me a bit of like um, some of the farming simulator games, if you combine them with a Zelda. It's got that kind of aesthetic to it. Um, but no, I like it, and I'm I'm excited to have a go at that. Next up, Wired Productions have announced The Last Worker for the Nintendo Switch. It's a narrative adventure. It's coming out 2022. Um very unique again in terms of its sort of handcrafted art style they talk about it being uh, emotional thought-provoking will it be enough to get you wanting to play it al ever thought modern video games should be more interesting at the gaming blender we take randomized genres mechanics and make a new game every episode i've added permadeath we have a survival game of a hardcore simulation which could be house flipper and with the permadeath of XCOM. 
then that owl has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favourite podcast platforms now. Don't know. It's sort of it's very it's a first person kind of puzzler game effectively that's kind of a bit walky. The it reminds me visually of Borderlands. It's kind of got that same aesthetic to it. Mm. They released a trailer, uh, a second trailer recently, where they have this CEO who's basically, I think, supposed to be a mashup of Jeff Bezos and uh, what's his face. The, basically, every single billionaire you can think of, but specifically Bezos, because it's basically an Amazon. Uh, I'm gonna say it's piss take. It's having a go at Amazon. Um, but the cast is phenomenal. They recently re- announced that one of the film festivals who the cast was, and it's just like a star-studded cast in this game. It's huge. So it might end up being really, really good if the voice acting is is half as good as the game looks like it could be. It could be a huge hit. Yeah, it looks like a, a fairly ambitious, narratively speaking, uh, satirical take on kind of the billionaire CEO kind of environment that we find ourselves living in and I think if the atmosphere that they they showed in this trailer matches the the quality of writing it'll be exceptional uh so uh, the trailer and you know vague gameplay promises do leave me very intrigued Mike yeah I'm I write in thinking this was a VR premise this game as well was it not designed for VR or certainly uh, I'm pretty sure that was what they had in mind yeah, with it. Yeah, they certainly have VR in mind with it, but I suspect it'll get ported to everything, including yeah. the Switch. Well, yeah, well, it will be, yeah. Um, I, I, Yeah, it's weird because at first I kind of glanced over it and went, oh, cool, yeah, whatever. But then when I actually watched it and looked at it a bit more closely, I thought, no, actually, this looks like something that could be really quite interesting. So I'm interested to see this. I do wonder if VR is going to be the place to really experience it. It, it does feel a bit like that kind of game. But great that it's coming to Switch. I'm excited to see what kind of reviews it gets when it's finally released but it is coming out in 2022 so that is a bit of good news so definitely look out for it and um, I, I like a narrative game and like anything with a good story you know me next up Nacon or Nason Nacon they've announced WRC 10 for the Nintendo Switch it's coming out on the 17th of March um, I, I guess you're kind of more into cars all out of all of us so it's is the kind of you know the, the rally kind of world is that something that you're into? Yeah, sure, why not? Uh, I haven't really played a really good rally game, and I know this is going to... A lot of people are going to shout at me for saying this. The last really good rally game I played... Colin McRae? Yeah, back in the PlayStation 1. I've played quite a few since then, and they've all been okay, but there's there's just not quite the same magic. I I don't quite know why. This one does look very polished, but the last WRC game we got, it was okay. There was a, quite a few niggles, just things that weren't quite right with it. it. Just slowed down a bit. It just had it had a couple of issues. So with a bit of luck, they might have done better with this latest incarnation of it. Um, but I'm not going to complain. I mean, it looks gorgeous. It looks really, really nice. And, and the more racing games and rally games and driving games we've got on the Switch, the happier person I am. Yes. Um, one, Alistair, play Dirt Rally 2.0. It's really good. It's it's back to basics. Don't play Dirt 5. You'll hear it. Um, moving on, though. Yeah, similarly, the WRC games on the Switch seem to get all right reviews on other consoles. And on the Switch, they've kind of 
kind of started by dropping the ball and then they've done them annually, slowly getting the switch and performance up. So one day I think they might have a game that will run quite nicely and switch. Whether or not this is the one to finally make the leap, not too sure, but they got pretty close with WRC 9, so... I would love to to be hopeful, but this will be one for the reviews. Yeah, it's been well reviewed so far in terms of the people that have had a, had a look at WRC10. It seems to be getting um, good reviews. Whether or not the Switch will translate, that is my biggest concern is how good this will be on the Switch. But again, great to have good quality rally games and hopefully this is a good quality one because Al needs to update his um, rally preference. I need to stop playing Forza on the Xbox and he'd give me something on the Switch. Yeah, that's very true. Tate Multimedia have announced uh, K.O. the Kangaroo, or K.O. the Kangaroo, how you pronounce it, for Nintendo Switch. is a 3D platform legend. He's returning. He's coming back 2022. Am I right in saying this was Dreamcast? Anton, you'll be the one to ask for this, because I'm sure uh, you probably played this. Indeed, Dreamcast, but I think probably slightly more popular on the PlayStation 2. Had sequels up to about 2005, 2006. I think about three sequels total, and maybe a couple mobile, like Java Phone mobile uh, titles. And yeah, you know, it was um, kind of, a, I guess, a, B, a BC-grade platformer of its day. And, uh, you know, it's lovely to see it back. Uh, you know, this has very much Ty the Tasmanian Tiger energy of, you know, people that played it, will love it and the rest of the world will be like Who, who's that um but you know what i'm loving it let's get all the platformers we can get on the switch um it's a kangaroo what don't you love yeah i'm loving the fact we're getting all the australian uh, animals and platformers we've got the tasmanian devil we've got the kangaroo i mean i don't know what's going to come next I presume they're wallaby or wombat maybe a koala koala sure. maybe yeah, keith, no, keith this, the koala this, this, Keith the Koala, but this does look good. It looks fun. I mean, it looks simple and it's not trying to do anything clever. It's just trying to be a good, fun, simple platformer. A probably very solid entry-level platformer for people who just want to, you know, get their kids something fun to play. And I am all on board. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It looks cool. It looks fun. And it's... uh great to have it on the Switch. Next up, PlayStation Studios have announced MLB The Show 22 for the Nintendo Switch. We get all of these, but it's coming out on the 5th of uh, May 2022, and um, it's a baseball game, basically. Um, I'm I'm just going to say that we have the other ones, and they're reasonably okay reviewed. People that like baseball tend to think they're okay. Al, any, anything you want to add? I've got baseball and Super Mario Party. I'll play that instead. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think the the one thing to add it is fun to see this as uh, the f- I I believe this is the first MLB the show to come to the Switch. Am I correct in saying? Oh, it might uh, be. I thought with we had the, the, the ones, previous titles yeah. being just last year we had it on Xbox and PlayStation, and then before it was PlayStation exclusive for decades. You know what? You're um, absolutely right. And what I'm confusing it with is RBI, which is the other baseball game. I think it's RBI. Or there's one of the other baseball games that we do get every year, which is not very good. And this is the better one. Yeah. Uh, the MLB, the show games were brilliant. Uh, MLB were like, yeah, we're not going to give you the license, Sony, if you because you only put on your consoles and then PlayStation were like, fine, I suppose we can do it on other consoles. And they put on <laughs> Xbox last year, performed very well. Uh, this, I'm very excited to, to see how it performs. You know, this is a company that has spent like a decade making games for the PS4 and now the PlayStation 5. So, you know, they the game historically has not been built with these kind of performance limits in mind. So I hope it can handle them well. 
I loved Anton's personification of Sony there. That was wonderful. <laughs> Yacht Games, uh, Yacht Club Games even have announced uh, Mina the Hollower for the Nintendo Switch. It's a Zelda meets Castlevania type game. And this will be really interesting, Anton, because obviously being the developers behind Shovel Knight, a little bit of pressure on coming up with something that is that is you know not as good necessarily but certainly very good standard i have to say though i really like the art style of this albeit it's pixelated all the albeit you've seen all this before it's kind of got undertale kind of vibes to me in there some somehow and i don't know why because it's a bit more fleshed out than undertale but it's got that meets a kind of zelda clone together yeah, you know, this is a team that does nostalgia so well. You know, they don't just make a title that, um, you know, replicates the 1980s. They make a title that replicates the 1980s minus the bits that you forgot about, um, which is just an incredible talent for curation and game creation. I would originally been sceptical if this was a game released in a world where they hadn't released Cyber Shadow. You know, that was another title that came out and was you know, so faithful of the era, um, almost to a fault where unlike some of its contemporaries that are doing like pixel art with, you know, lens flares on top, but this was just classic pixel art and, you know, it was incredible. So although not grabbing me right away, I have zero reason to doubt Yacht Club Games because they have an exceptional track record so far. They have done very, very well. And this one looks like it will probably do very, very well too. It is it is a very, very faithful pixel art style. I mean, it's not sort of just pixel art. It's it's 8-bit pixel art. And it's so beautiful to behold that, to be honest. The only way you can tell it's not an actual game from that era is the fact it runs a lot faster. There's a lot of very fast movement going on, which you just wouldn't have had back then. But mm-hmm. I can forgive that. Sure. The gameplay looks varied and interesting. It's a fun little concept. They've got a bit of underground dashing and stuff going on that just adds a little something extra. Uh, And from what I've read as well, it's got some, um, shall we say, challenging controls to get used to. But that's kind of what made Shovel Knight what it was, wasn't it? It was there was a challenge that went with it. And this one, I think, is going to be building on what they have learned in the past. Yeah, it looks cool, I must admit. And I really do like the art style. And it is a path well trodden that sort of style but they've done a very good job with it next up death smiles collection is going to get a western release this is a a game that is very well reviewed it's a i suppose it's a shmup but the interesting thing about this one that i really like and i guess this could be a really potentially a good introduction to the sort of shoot 'em up world is that they've made it in such a way that casual players are able to sort of pick the difficulty quite easily so it's a survival type game but you can actually change things if you're finding the challenge too hard you can kind of dial it down a tone and it's very well reviewed and actually um al i think this could be the perfect kind of game it could actually be the perfect console for it actually because i think they work very well on the switch um it could do i suspect it's one of these games that might work better on the big screen than handheld but i would love to be proved wrong i mean it's 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 a shmup but it's a weird shmup because you're basically a floating person and normally these shots are they're all ships flying around in space this one you're a person who's just floating around with some weird spiritual kinetic energy just destroying everything left right and center uh, it's it could work it could work very well on handheld but it's as you say mike very well reviewed so i'm quite happy we're going to get this on the switch 
Yeah, you know, the original release was one of my first bullet hell shooters and I found it quite accessible and managed to get uh, eased into the limits of my gaming abilities quite well. And what I quite like about Death Smiles as a title and something it's brought me back to is with a lot of these titles, just because there's so many bullets going around, it can get a little bit visually repetitive. This one, there's like a level where you're like riding a cow. How do you forget that? It's instantly a very memorable and uh, bombastic, outlandish, very much full of variety and random, uh, which keeps it nice, yeah. refreshing. It looks great, I've got to say. Uh, Hades is the first video game to win a Hugo Award. That's pretty big news, really. I mean, Hades is a brilliantly reviewed game. Uh, I don't know much about the Hugo Awards, I'm going to be honest, uh, but tell us more, Anton. Yeah, so the Hugo Awards are historically, you know, just this very prestigious award originally for science science fiction literature and then slowly expanded to film and here it's stepping into video games. Um, It is interesting to pick Hades as its first kind of choice as a winner of a Hugo Award. However, I think that's a testament to how high quality of a title Hades is. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, they've newly created this category, so there's going to be a category going forward every year is the best video game category in the Hugo Awards. So uh, it's nice, the fact, as you say, they've expanded into new mediums and they've picked Hades as their their first winner, which I presume is based on its story. I didn't actually get a chance to look into the, the um, uh, criteria for winning in this one, but I'm assuming that the fact it was a literary award that they're going to be talking about the writing the story behind it i don't know if either of you guys had a chance to look any deeper into this or are we all just going wow cool got a literary award nice no uh, i believe you are correct alistair i think it is for the the narrative components of the title yeah i mean it would make sense and it's great i think it's it's about time considering video games are the biggest of the industries in terms of the creative industries, in terms of sales and and the money involved, I think it's fantastic that it's being recognised at awards like the the Hugo Awards, albeit it's you know science fiction specific. I think it's great. So hopefully we see more video games rewarded in the same way at different types of awards as things progress. I, I think that will happen. I think it, we're becoming more and more mainstream every year um but um well we're not but we don't want to be mainstream we want to be the weird nintendo guys in the corner and we're happy with that um and i'm speaking on behalf of all of us uh so next up we got hot wheels unleashed they have sold one million copies which is pretty incredible because this was a game al if i remember you were very skeptical about this one when we talked about this and i i was quite into this like i thought this looked good now i haven't played it so i can't really comment on you know what how good it is but one million copies and it's very well reviewed it did get very well reviewed and one million copies is huge but then again the hot wheels franchise is one of the biggest franchises out there so it's not a massive surprise there's generations of kids i mean there's there's people who are much older than us who have very fond memories of hot wheels and there are massive collectors uh thing world out there this there's so much hype and love for hot wheels it doesn't really surprise me the game is sold so well particularly as it did get relatively well reviewed okay very well reviewed Uh, it got a nine out of ten from ign that's pretty good exactly it's it's not massively blowing my mind and well done to them i just still have no interest in playing it until i come around to yours mike at some point probably and play it because you'll probably buy it and i'll eat my words and disguise it's my favorite new game yeah you know i i was with you i'll you know there i i really loved the game and I, i was kind of like oh yeah this is gonna be cool 
but there were things that just made it feel a little bit cheap. Like I, I remember kind of one of the critiques you had of it was of the scope of the environments that you're driving in. And I'm hoping that now that the, the you know the fundamentals, not even the fundamentals, the game is great. Uh, from what we're hearing from reviewers, they can maybe expand the scope of it with a sequel or DLC or season pass, whatever they end up doing with it. I hope they can meet the expectation or meet that ex, um, potential because there's tons there on top of a ready brewing game. Yeah, it does get very well reviewed. I, I mean, I must admit, if it came to Game Pass, I would be all over that. I think that would be the place that I would probably try that out. Um, but a game that is exclusive to Switch and I really do want to get on board with it. I actually had a price cut just the other week, this one as well. So it's, it's you can get this for a sub £20 now. It's Raw Thrills having its cruising blast. We'll be getting online multiplayer and DLC. And I have to say, this game continues to deliver, Anton. Yeah, and I suspect this could be one of the most popular games of this year. You know, I think it's a great game. It is... I think synonymous with the kind of driving experience I think a lot of Switch players would be wanting, which is just arcade madness, all frills, no boring bits. And with adding on these features and now with its new price cut down to £20, I believe, I think it's much more better positioned to thrive than it was before because I think before it was just sadly a bit too pricey. And now with these new features, new price tag, it seems primed for great things, Al. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is It is just, it's a very polished, very bright, very bouncy arcade-style racer. And, uh, I mean, you've got to do very well to stand out above the crowd in this category as well. We have had a lot, and there have been some classic ones in the past, but this one seems to be doing quite well, and the fact that they're chucking more content at it is always a good thing. I love the cover of the Switch version of it because oh it's the switch only version but the switch uh physical version i should say because it for some reason i just expect to see codemasters written in the corner <laughs> it's just got a yes. very codemastersy kind of like late 80s early 90s kind of vibe to it i love it totally uh, i hadn't even thought that but now you said it that's exactly what it's missing. Yeah, it's missing that. <laughs> uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel have launched with crossplay and cross-save support. Four million do- downloads in one week. Anton, uh, d- did you say you got this one? Yeah, I I, I downloaded this one uh, free to play. Uh, you know, I give all of the Yu-Gi-Oh! games a go and downloaded this one and got through the tutorial, got my starter deck, and I was like, wow, this is very polished. You know, I've played them, a lot of them, so I- I've done this experience a lot of the time. Uh, put it down and I was playing other stuff and then go on Steam and it's at the top of Steam it's like 3 or 4th and that is like a hard accomplishment to me and I'm seeing all these videos I go on Twitch and it's like really high rank and on Twitch I'm like when did Yu-Gi-Oh become cool and somehow I'm not playing it <laughs> it isn't. there's all these things that weren't cool when Mike and I were young that apparently now are cool uh, it, it, you're getting old Anton yeah that's uh, it no. that's what happens literally and I need to hang up my jewel disc and call it a day. <laughs> You'll be hanging it up just as everyone else will be picking it up. Next up, Balan Wonderworld has been voted. Finally, it's won something. Oh, no, it's won worst Switch game of 2021, according to Metacritic. I kind of, in some ways, I'm going to I'm going to be controversial here. I feel slightly sorry for Balan Wonderworld as a game because actually, I think if I picked it up for a fiver, I'd probably be like, Nah, this is all right. I think it's just that there was so much hype around it and it just failed to deliver in so many ways. It's just not a great game. And I've played the demo and I think we've all tried it and we were all like, oh, let's get the demo. And we all went, oh, this is awful. Um, So it's a real shame, uh, Al, but I'm trying to stick up for it. 
Yeah, I mean, I feel it was a strong competition. I mean, calculator. That's gotta be in that. That's they would have been vying for that pole position of worst game, right? Last year. Yeah, but it it works. So you know. it, do, it does what it says in the tin. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. This this is the worst game of this year, um, or last year rather. And you know, I think what gets it. It's not the the least enjoyable game on the Switch. As a game that was funded by a major publisher, it's probably got the worst ratio of money to bad game. You know, they spent so much money making this bad game that it almost makes it more unsettling. Uh, and it's a shame. It? It's going to be like E.T. It's going to yeah. become a legendary I was game. just thinking the same thing. I was just thinking, I bet you anything, the physical copies of this game in 10 years' time, people are like, oh, wow, you've got Battle and Wonderworld, original copy on Switch. Oh, that's worth a fortune. I can just see it. I might go and buy one. Yeah, I was thinking the same. I've got for yeah. a fiver. It'll either be the rarest game on the planet or people will be lining their walls with it for insulation. It's one or other. Table tennis on the Xbox 360 where everyone just had a copy. Um, Okay, next up. Pikmin Bloom players have walked a collective 338 billion steps. That's kind of cool. I kind of like that, Anton. It's kind of fun. Yeah, this is a a title that, you know, I was kind of thinking that this AR phase for you know gaming was starting to pass you know there hadn't been any big games in the space and here we have pikmin bloom seems to be doing incredibly well i think for the fact the innovation of making it a little bit less invasive or demanding than some of its other ar contemporaries has made it slot into people's lives a lot better and i'm glad to see it i keep on meaning to download it i just forget It's a great way to get your 10,000 steps a day, isn't it? I mean, it's fantastic. I, I genuinely so pleased that it's doing this well. I would love to know how many people have actually downloaded it to generate 338 billion steps. It just seems like a phenomenal number. I mean, I can't comprehend the size of that number. It's cool. I think it's fantastic. And as you said, I think it's it's such a positive message as well to to combine anything with fitness. You know, I was speaking actually this week about the virtues of ring fit you know and and how underrated that uh, that ring fit is in, in terms of a workout it's a great workout ring fit so um you know i think this is great anything that encourages steps and movement is definitely good in my book next up boba fett has joined fortnite chapter three flipped not much to say about this other than that's kind of fun al it's boba fett so cool Boba Fett, and he's very much in people's minds at the moment. I presume if anybody's been watching things like Boba Fett. many Star Wars TV <laughs> shows are out there at the moment, go watch them all. He seems to be in all of it. So, yeah, it's not a big surprise that he's popping up in the digital form as well. Yeah, I think for me, it's um, they, they recently added Spider-Man, so I think that's my, my go-to Fortnite, or if I, I knew how Fortnite worked. Yeah, um, so, yeah, it's a, a tough competition. <laughs> cool, though. Next up, Dragon Quest X Offline has been delayed to summer 2022. I mean, it's a delay. We always say delays are good if it means it's going to make things work better, Al. We do, uh, and I don't think we're going to deviate from the party line on this one. Yep, just save it for another couple more months. Give it to us when it's ready. Thank you. Absolutely. I feel like this is an unprecedented title turning an MMO into a single-player RPG with all of the content intact, so I think maybe Square Enix underestimated it, and I'm happy waiting. It will be worth it for the archival purposes of not letting an MMO just completely dial and god yeah. bless them for trying absolutely i'm going to fly through some of these because there's quite a few stories to get through and we've still got rumors to talk about as well animal crossing amiibo cards series one to five are now stocked at my nintendo there's not a lot of stuff appears on my nintendo but i think these will be very popular uh, anton 
Yep, uh, I think this just shows the incredible demand that they made with Animal Crossing New Horizons, that they're only now getting on top of getting these cards easily accessible. And it's fantastic to see, especially getting that Series 5 pack available easy for anybody to pick up and play with. I have literally nothing to add to this because I don't do Amiibos and I don't do Animal Crossing, so move on. Okay, Limited Run Games will be opening their first store in spring. Well done to them because, I mean, that is impressive. And I know we have our debates about Limited Run anything, but they do games that aren't available physically anywhere else. And that's what I kind of like about them. And if they're getting a store, then good on them, I think. I think they've just done it right, Al. I completely agree. Yeah, I mean, they're doing 75% I think of the store's space is going to be for their own products. And I think the remainder is for third-party stuff, which is kind of cool. It's a weird choice where they're opening it up. They're opening up um, in a mall in North Carolina, of all places. I mean, you think they might go somewhere like London or LA or Tokyo. Nope. Some random mall in North Carolina, but sure, it's cool, I, I have, I have, I hope it does well because I'd like to see more limited run shops appear in the world. So that's kind of defeat the whole point of limited. I did wonder about this. Many, many shops. I did wonder about this if it becomes a franchise. It's like, well, the not so limited run of games, but um, it's still a prestige, and maybe the fact it is in North Carolina, Anton gives it that prestige. Yeah, I'm just kind of wondering how are they going to keep the stocks filled, uh, the shelves filled. You know, I know they started publishing games generally to the main kind of high street, but I don't know how much of that is their business. Um, I won't lie, I just kind of wish, because it seems like a little bit of a vanity investment for them. I wish they had an EU store. That That's yeah. what I would be really wanting to hear from them. I agree, um, I, I agree with that. It's a real shame, because we have the another one, don't we, over here that's that's very good. Um, that does a similar thing, um, but not the same as Limited yeah, Run. Yeah, Super Rare Games. Super Rare, that's right. They're very good, but Limited Run have some great titles, and you just it just gets really costly. I've bought from them before, but it's the it's that yeah. shipping, isn't it? Even then, if they could like share the, the distribution rights, so, you know, you know, one person had the rights within of the US market, one person had the rights within of the UK, uh, European market, and then everyone would be just so much better. Everyone would be happy. We'd be paying less for postage and we'd be paying less for just the carbon footprint of moving all these games around. Now, I'm. we have a lot of stories here to go through, but I'm going to go to the next one. Let's go. Microsoft have planned to buy Activision Blizzard for $68.7 billion, and Sony have bought Bungie for $1.2 billion, and Take-Two have bought Zynga for $12.7 billion. Everyone's buying everyone, but Microsoft and Sony, uh, I mean, it's just, it's like, and Take-Two, I guess. It's just the big boys buying up the stock and buying up just everything all. They are. I mean, this is probably going to turn to our last call. I suspect we're going to end up talking about this tonight. But it's it's very interesting. And the name that's notably missing from there is Nintendo, who haven't been going and buying up anybody recently, albeit they've made a few acquisitions in the last 12 to 24 months. Um, But yeah, everybody's just sucking everyone each other up. And it will be fascinating to see what that does to the competition because you can see what Microsoft's doing. They're hoovering everything up to put onto Game Pass to make everybody go and buy Xbox. Sony buying Bungie are obviously trying to shore up their catalogue of games and I suspect and strongly room they're going to kind of follow suit with Microsoft. Take-Two buying Zynga is more, the most interesting one in there to me because it's it's a strange mashup. Zynga is known primarily for, well, things like Farmville? Candy Crush. Did they do Farmville? Yeah, Indeed. Uh, and Candy Crush and all these kinds of things. So it's a weird one for Take-Two to buy up from my point of view but I suspect it makes sense to someone somewhere. 
Yeah, I, I'm careful with you. It's the, the Zynga deal feels like it's purely out for money. Um, looking at the angle of how this will affect the Switch, there's no Zynga. Well, there's one Star Wars game on coming to the Switch from Zynga. Uh, who knows? Uh, Bungie doesn't affect us. We haven't got Destiny 2 on Switch, and I hadn't had the highest hopes for it on Switch anyway. The Activision Blizzard will see the Nintendo Switch losing out on a couple titles, but being a cynic, Blizzard and Activision weren't very good at porting games anyway. <laughs> they, they had some rough ports on their under their belt, and it was six months later than anybody else got them. So yeah. that really sucks, but it's not the biggest loss for the Switch. So I think overall... We're getting off slightly better than I think Xbox. Uh, then, sorry, excuse me. Sony will be getting off in terms of losing exclusive titles there. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, definitely. I think it's quite a, an important one for Microsoft. And you're right. I Microsoft's think, our friend anyway. Actually, yeah, to be fair, they're quite good at supporting the, the Switch. We've had some yeah. bizarre things coming our way that you never would have expected. So no, it's very you true. You never know. Might not be the death. Not a death sentence that you you might be uh, thinking about. It's just. It's maybe not as bad as one might think. Yeah, no, I tend to agree. Next up, indie developers such as SMG and Navigate are rallying against Team 17 uh, due to them planning to support NFTs in their games. I have a feeling that they've now gone back on this and and Team 17 have said they're not bothering. Am I right in saying that or did I read that wrong? I have just have this feeling that Team 17 have said, right, we've listened to everyone. Okay, guys, I appreciate that um, NFTs were a bad idea. Maybe I dreamed it. <laughs> did I dream it? I don't know. I thought I dreamed it. I think they did. I think they're pl- they're not going to do it anymore because they just thought, actually, this is not worth it. And they listened to their fans and they listened to what people were saying and they said, we're so sorry we thought about doing this. NFTs are clearly a bad idea and people aren't very happy about it. But maybe if one of you want to clarify that before I say that and realise I dreamt the whole thing. <laughs> uh, no, I've just looked up a Verge article from uh, a couple of days ago. Yeah, apparently they did backtrack. Yep. Yep, they gave up on NFTs. You are entirely right. So they decided they wanted to do them because they thought they could make some money on NFTs and then the world slated them. Uh, probably because, you know, Mark Zuckerberg decided that they were the in thing. So no one else likes them. So yeah, I mean, at least well done, Team 17, for turning your tail and uh, dropping it. It's a weird one, yeah. Anton, isn't it? Because, I mean, the thing the thing about it is, is that, like, the, we could talk all night about NFTs without, yeah. and I still uh, wouldn't understand it. <laughs> but... Yeah, it's we've had a, a couple large corporate entities uh, kind of announcing their plans to support NFTs, then quickly backtracking. I think we live in a, a tech industry that loves buzzwords, and we're just looking for the quickest one to latch on. You don't want to be last to all of this stuff. Everybody's looking for the next tech advancement. You want to be the person that you know makes the first angry bird for the new iPhone. You know you want to be there as things are kind of kicking off. And NFTs for some people might have just been that window that they saw opening. They went for it before realizing the ramifications or the kind of public um, feelings towards the subject as it all kind of unfolded and more people became knowledgeable on the topic. Yeah, big backlash to it. Sonic Frontiers was planned for 2021, but has been delayed to brush up the quality. We all know from the Sonic movie, uh, Anton, that that is a good idea. (laughs) Indeed, yeah. This was a title originally planned for the the 2021 window and then planned to be announced, or sorry, the 20th anniversary. Uh, Not 20th. Whatever anniversary was the most recent one, it was originally planned for that. Then they planned to announce it for that. And then they announced it at the end of that year. Um, 
you know, I think there's only so many times they can make a bad Sonic game. Um, Sega seems to be more dependent upon Sonic for their bread and butter. And yeah, it just seems to be how the company's just working now, Al. It is, yeah. But I mean, to be fair, uh, it's kind of what we said before. We would much rather games got delayed a little bit than, than push them out. And Sonic games have a bit of a checkered past. So if they want to keep this one behind closed doors for a little bit longer and make it a bit better, then yeah good plan we, we support you on doing that indeed and um yeah shuffling on um triangle strategy gets its box art and it's got a release date of march 4th and yeah what well, i think the only thing to touch on here is the box art i think it's gorgeous al uh, i'm gonna say yes and i'm gonna nod furiously as if i have actually looked up the box art i may or may not have missed this story when i was doing my research so i'm gonna go yes anton the box art for triangle strategy is beautiful okay thank you for keeping things going while i disappeared i did literally disappear on my 4g connection i said it could happen but i'm back we will keep trying nobody noticed did they no uh, shaquille o'neal has given 1000 nintendo switches to children in need which i think is a lovely gesture anton Absolutely. Um, Shaq, uh, from what I've heard through the, the grapevine, is just generally quite a generous person when, you know, there's been a couple of Reddit so- spying, uh, spottings of him just seeing kids in the toy aisles and then just buying them what they wanted, uh, which is always charming, or buying them a new bike and then going off into the, you know, the mystique of the world. Uh, he seems like a great person and found that a great sponsorship to do some great stuff. Who says you can't buy love? What I want to know is where did he find a thousand switches from? I mean, I thought there was a shortage. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, absolutely. He's been buying them up just, you know, every every month. Well, here's another hundred. Uh, Membrane has gone on sale from $250, $250 to $250 and sold 100,000 copies in one day. Uh, is this the game um, that they mispriced and then they del- del- reduced the price and everyone went, oh, cool, it's a bargain. But really, it was just mispriced. Um, no, this is, um, you know, they could have went in and repriced the game and this seems to be a a calculated targeted uh, sales stunt and it's worked out a genius move um you know they could have changed the price they didn't and it's two pound fifty and they they made bank uh they're geniuses al it is a wonderful marketing ploy i'd love to know if anybody actually bought it at 250 quid i suspect some people that there was so much money just did for the fun of it i did see the tweet and apparently one percent of the um, their hundred thousand sales came from people buying it um at 250 pounds wow nuts and insane but i am so impressed my hat is off to them bomb rush cyberfunk has got a new trailer a movie style trailer and did either of you take a look at this al did you look at this one I did yeah I mean this is the game if you don't remember this is the Jet Set Radio basically spiritual successor to with half the same dev team behind them same music composer and it does look good it looks funky and fluid and fun and bright and I have nothing but glowing things to say about it yeah unlike that most recent crazy uh, taxi spiritual successor taxi chaos taxi chaos that kind of fell short in a couple aspects this game excels on every single corner of what it's doing and what i love about it is not only captured the 90s love of funk and kind of 90s idea of being groovy it's kind of done it now it's still very cool for like today's audience i was very impressed how they managed to strike a faithful tone to jet set radio however giving this one a fresh coat of personality and just making it not feel cheap they just did a yeah. great job here they have they've done a great job on this one i'm I'm excited to to see 
how this one does and get my hands on it. Next up, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity sold a million copies. You were one of those purchasers at one point, Al. So um, it's done very well. It really has. I mean, it's taken it uh, a good while to get to that number, but it's done exceedingly well. I mean, when you compare it to, oh gosh, what was the game we're talking about? It's further up, it made a million copies. Hot Wheels Unleashed. That's a much more recent game, uh, and it got to a million first. But it's a game that deserves to have a million copies sold, frankly. It was really good fun, and it's in the Zelda canon. So, yeah, big surprise, but surprise it took as long to get there. Um, yep, correction on the notes. That is four million. Uh, Lee oh, I did wonder if it was going to be more. <laughs> um, the, the only thing that I, I, I think it's a great game. Uh, I love the setting of it. The only thing that really got me was the, the frame rate issues really bugged me. And I don't normally get bothered by frame rate issues, but I felt that being a native, well, a partly native sort of Zelda game, I felt that the frame rate should have really been dealt with slightly better. And that was the only thing that bothered me. And it really did bother me. And I don't normally get bothered. But 4 million copies, that makes more sense. I did wonder. I thought a million seemed a little liked, but well done to that game as well, because it is a good title and I love the setting as well. Eric, Concerned Ape Bar- Baron or Baron, has shared that there are no new plans for Stardew Valley updates. Uh, but that's not a hard no. Um, yeah, it's a game that's been around for a while. It would always be good to get updates, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're ready to move on, Al. Yeah, I mean, we all know he's working on his new game. I forgot what it's called, so the Chocolate Ghost game, whatever yeah. the title was. It was good. Uh, and I'm not surprised that he's focusing his efforts on that and not this. the updates for Stardew Valley. But who knows? Once that game comes out, he might go back and do an update to Stardew Valley. I can see why he's leaving his options open. Uh, and... I, yeah, that, yeah, I can see why he's leaving his office open. I have nothing further to say. Yeah, honestly, I think uh, Eric should go in retirement, not be making another incredible looking game, Haunted Chocolatier. You know, just, it's incredible. And, you know, he was releasing updates for Stardew Valley while working on that title. And it's not like they've been small updates. Stardew Valley has had um, game-changing, sequel-worthy updates f- upon years, upon years, upon years he has done an incredible job as a one-man army and yeah he should be going to the Barbados and lying in a beach not making another game for us he obviously loves it uh, next up Terraria's Journey's End update is out now on the Nintendo Switch I'm just going to move on to a couple of these because we have a few to get through there's a new Nintendo Switch advert which features Christina Aguilera playing Among Us Pokemon Legends Arceus and Mario Kart on the Switch OLED um, wow the genie really got out the bottle with that one uh, Anton yeah, I won't lie. These updates of celebrities playing the Switch were charming for a bit. I'm getting a little bit tired of them. <laughs> I think it's um, cool. Especially when it's like the same four games that they're playing half the time. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's probably because they've never heard of half the other ones. Switch OLED has been released in China. Uh, just a quick word on uh, China. There's also a PlayStation store in China that was caught using cardboard cutouts of Mario and Bowser to lure gamers in. But it just shows you um, all the success that the Switch has had in China. Obviously, Tencent massively behind in Nintendo in, in China in terms of their their output, but um, you know much later to the 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 Switch infrastructure than most other countries, as in China was, and it's quite quick for them to get the OLED. Really, when you think it's only really been out there for what, a year and a half or something. Yes, they've they've managed to really speed up that release. But I do I do love the fact that the the PlayStation Store is using Mario and Bowser to suck folk in. I mean, did people go in looking for Mario and Bowser yeah. on the PlayStation? Did they get very confused? I would love to have seen those faces. That's kind of fun. Like it's kind of fun. Uh, musician uh, Remute is releasing his new album on an N sixty four cartridge. Wonderful. As a musician, I absolutely endorse this. Uh, I don't know whether he's any good, but I love the idea, Anton. 
Yeah, and it's I hadn't ever thought about it, but the N64 is probably at the perfect apex for releasing cartridge-based music. You have the you don't have the limitations of the Mega Drive or the Super Nintendo. You, it's not a CD. It's the best of the best when it comes to cartridges. So if you're releasing an album, why not go for the best cartridge media money can buy? True. Well, he's done them before. He did them on the Mega Drive. He's done them on the SNES. He's done them on PC and on the Game Boy. So um, you know, N64 is just his latest format. And love I think it. It's great. Twitter user Screenshakes has uh, ported Pokemon Crystal to their Twitter profile picture. Um, explain this one uh, for me, Anton. Yes. So they put out a post that has been set up tied to an computer program so if you comment on it it will input uh, a button into an emulator that is then screenshotted then instantaneously uploaded to the profile picture of the user Uh, so as long as you refresh the screen you'll have the up-to-date profile picture it was great i like went in there when it was quiet and i was able to like press a couple buttons and navigate around the menus there was a uh, Pokemon called trans rights and one called black lives matter so you know it's clearly in great hands so um I, I was blowing away, you know, even though I knew what I was expecting, having written the notes for this podcast, seeing it working is kind of like black magic. It was incredible to see. Got to tell you, Twitch Plays Pokemon has got a lot to answer for. I mean, there's this whole thing of playing Pokemon in the most random, bizarre places possible. And this one is probably top of the list. But how long is it going to be before Nintendo issue them with a cease and desist? Because this is basically playing Pokemon on an unlicensed fat plat- platform. This is just asking to get sued so badly. <laughs> Yeah, well, it is kind of there anyway, and fair play to the people that can do this. But yeah, Nintendo, they like to get legal with these kind of things. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild Hyrule Castle Lego set designed via Lego Ideas has reached the final stage. Uh, It sounds kind of up your street, this one. And it is. It is beautiful. It's an immense set. I love it. The detail in it is so cool. I really hope this makes it to the final stages and actually gets made. They even have a little Lego... um, uh, what's it called a Korok? Uh, they've got all the all the cool stuff. Every single thing nice. in the game that you would love is in that set, and I hope it gets made. Yeah, it's very cool. It looks absolutely incredible. And now that we had the recent Sonic Mania set, get go through Lego Ideas and become a real set that you can buy with hard earned money. Everything's possible. Give me, give me, give me. Yeah, uh, 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 Castle Lego set after midnight. Platinum Games have appointed a new CEO. Uh, just a bit of news on that one. I'm just going to move on to the next story as much as I'm sure we've got things to talk about. If you want to mention it, you can. But Kirby and the Forgotten Land have a new trailer and it looks to be getting Amiibo support. Can I just say, this is one of my top three games of the year already and I really hope it's as good as this looks, Al. Oh, I could not agree more. It just looks beautiful. The game looks... It's so true to a Kirby game, but it's in proper 3D and there's it's got all the all the characters of Kirby that you expect to see in there. You got Kirby, you know, with his fire balls and you got Kirby dressed up in his little Zelda costume or Link costume technically. And it's just it's got all the thing all the little tropes but in this beautiful world, this gorgeous world and it just it oozes charm and I I really want to play it. It's it's not often I buy games when they first come out. This one is going to be bought. Uh, you know kind of with you is i don't think i'll be day one but i've got to say this feels like the breath of the wild or super mario odyssey moment of kirby yeah and i'm just so excited because i think on unlike those franchises that saw constant evolution from the decades and then had a massive leap forward kirby at least in my eyes has been stagnant for a little bit and uh kind of revolutionary title like this is great to see yeah it's like you the only reason i haven't 
pre-ordered day one is I'm just going to wait. I'm just intrigued because, as you said, I feel like the Kirby franchise is a little sort of stagnated of, of late. I'm just going to wait and see what the initial reviews are like, but it, it's probably going to be a very early purchase, if not day one. Logan Paul accidentally <laughs> bought a $3.5 million, uh, uh, well, $3.5 million on fake Pokemon cards. You know, we all saw this coming when he went about spending that kind of money on Pokemon cards. It was ridiculous in the first first place. Do do I feel sorry for him? Probably not, but part of me does. Part of me is just that, that kind of like, okay, yes, he's loaded and he's got loads of money and it's ridiculous and it was all for show and, you know, you can argue whether he's a real fan or not, but I'm like, oh, it's still a lot of money for anybody, isn't it, Al? I'd go and Google who Logan Paul was and my frank takeaway from this is he's a dum-dum. Well, he is a bit, yes. But anyway, if the fact you had to Google it. Uh, Anton, what's your take on it? Uh, yeah, you know, it's kind of amazing. You know, it was one of those big, like, on the store, you know, they would have this big box that you would, you know, bust open and then sell the cards from that box. So it was one of those boxes he'd bought and it was just filled with miscellaneous other cards of the era stuffed into one of these boxes then resealed. I get curious if... Another collector had bought it, hadn't opened it, then resold it. How many times it would have gotten resold as a fake until somebody caught on and um, realised. So, you know, if it was ever going to get a a revelation on somebody, it's probably best it was on one of the Paul brothers. Yeah, I would say so, given some of the interesting things they've uh, they've come up with in the past. As Modi have pulled Pandemic from the eShop due to unknown details. I mean... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't, we don't know the story behind why this this is being pulled. They do get taken off sometimes and just updated and changed and things happen. It could be some small legal matter that we don't know about. I suspect it's probably something like that, Al. I would be willing to bet it's exactly something like that. There'll be some small legal thing or some small glitch. There'll be something that is incredibly trivial that will pull it off and it'll probably appear back. You'd have thought so. You'd have thought yeah. so. You know, I, f- I saw some speculation online it was due to the subject matter, maybe not being as tasteful as it would have been pre-pandemic. Uh, however, it's out now still on iOS and Android, so I have my doubts, and I think it's probably, as you say, a small legal thing, and yeah. the main game will probably say the same once re-uploaded. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I, I did see that kind of speculation and thought, nah, I don't think so. I, I think that at this point, it's unlikely there's been a, a flood of... Um, disgruntled uh, pandemic players as in the game um, you know at this stage uh, famous Animal Crossing fan Audrey Buchanan has turned 90 and has been given tons of Animal Crossing gifts and uh, she does an island tour as well I did see this this is wonderful and I I'm trying to get through the, the stories but can we just pause for a second to say we love Audrey and this is awesome Al yeah we do love Audrey and this is awesome and you and I don't even do um, Animal Crossing and we still love her because well, she's a 90 year old gamer why wouldn't you love her fantastic best thing ever I mean it's going to be super common in like 25-30 years to have 90 year old gamers certainly in like 50 years it'll be it'll be very common but in this day and age it's not that common Anton no but it's um, you know what can we say um, an Animal Crossing uh, fan that actually has a villager named after um, <laughs> <laughs> that that's god tier right there that's that a goat right there absolutely dying light 2 stay human cloud version for the switch has been delayed up to six months it's quite a big delay dying light the first one um has been really well reviewed and of course it's not a cloud version and my cloud version opinions have changed to slightly dis- 
just I'm slightly kind of against them. Well, I, I used to be kind of like open to it. Now I'm kind of against it. But the reason for being against it is probably this next story. It's Kingdom Hearts, the release and the pricing details of the cloud version coming out on the 10th of February. So it's out in a few days time. Uh, Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 and 2.5 Remix cloud version 32.99. Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue cloud version 39. And Kingdom Hearts 3 and Remind cloud versions for 49.99. I just have so much of a problem with this um, because they're such great games that could have easily worked on the Switch. I'm so disappointed by the pricing structure. I'm so disappointed by the way it's running, the way that people have spoken about it. It's just don't play it on the Switch. Go and get it on another console. If you've got another console, get it on that. Get it on Game Pass. Go and play Kingdom Hearts 3 on Games Pass. It's only there for a little while longer. Just don't get it on Switch is my advice, Al. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason for this. Disney. That's pretty much what it comes down to. You've got a Disney tax and a Nintendo tax on there. Yeah. And they'll have looked to find the cheapest possible way to make this game work, and that'll be the cheapest way to do yeah, it. Yeah, but you say that, but then there's been some really good, solid Disney games recently that that have been fantastic. There's a there's a, there's a new Disney game, which is on the Xbox. I forget what it's called. And it's well-reviewed, and it's reasonably priced. I think it's even on Game Pass. Kingdom Hearts 3 is on Game Pass. There's no reason... Regardless of that, I just think this is shoddy, and I just think it's um, it's it's not great, Anton. Yeah, you know the the thing that gets me is we've got here Kingdom Hearts one point five plus two point five and two point eight as like separate games. Yeah. Um, on previous consoles, you know that's like right there, I've, what seventy pounds worth of game that you're buying on other consoles. Right before Kingdom Hearts three came out, PS four, they had them in one title for like thirty pounds. Yeah. Yeah. It's just one greed, try and get as much money as possible, and two, cheap, just laziness of not porting these titles, um, yeah. which then ties into greed. Um, you know, I could understand if free wasn't sure, but these PS2 games, DS games, PSP games, mobile Java games that right. are part of these collections should be running on the Switch. Well, they can. That's the that's the thing. It is pure laziness, and and if you bundled that whole package together for forty nine ninety nine retail, other than Kingdom Hearts three, they'd have got loads of buyers. I just think this is a it's a massive mistake. Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga has been given a new gameplay overview and the release date of the fifth of April twenty twenty two. This is up there with Kirby in my most anticipated games of the year. It looks fantastic. It's bringing me right back to the very first time I played Lego Star Wars, and that is still one of my favorite Lego experiences it's just great it's just so in-depth there's so much to it my biggest concern Al and I don't know if you share this I am slightly concerned about the switch port I really hope the switch port is good because if I have the option of playing this on an Xbox or playing it on a switch I want to play it on the switch because that gives us more options and I want to support the switch every time but I am worried because I want to play it I want to play it in its best form yeah, the game does look really good, to be fair. It looks like they've taken everything that was good about all the previous LEGO Star Wars games and added in a whole of new mechanics, a whole of new fighting abilities, combo moves, a whole of awesome stuff has been added to this game. It genuinely does look like it's going to be the best LEGO game that has probably been made to date. And it's huge! But, watching oh, the no. video of it, and I don't know, it looked like the video blended footage from sort of the the next gen consoles and the switch i'm sure it didn't but there were certain scenes in there i went oh that's beautiful and shiny and gorgeous and look how stunning that is and other ones i thought that looks really weird and flat and then i started thinking i'll bet you that's switch footage and that's next gen footage and the the visual 
difference just within that trailer, if that was what was going on, was jarring to me. And it does kind of make me think that they are going to have to do a lot of work to make it run on the Switch beautifully and nicely and not cut too much out of it. Because although it's Lego and it's relatively simple, there's a lot of polish and sheen that appears to be in that game that we might lose out on. Yeah, they've definitely pushed the the boat outwards when it comes to the visual fidelity of a Lego game. Historically, it's always just kind of been like, yeah, of course it'll run on the Switch, they're simple. But as you say, Al, it's just so far out there in terms of quality and graphical fidelity. As a game of itself, you know, it feels like, you know, they sat down for that initial meeting and they're like, okay... You know, uh, you know, there's about 500, you know, Star Wars characters. Which ones we should include? Oh, yeah, should we make it like an open world game? Now nah, we want it to be linear so we can relive the best Star Wars moments um, of all time, you know, in a controlled, uh, quality-assured environment. And then they made all three of them and then put into one incredible title. Um, even as somebody who's, one, never played a Lego game, never watched a Star Wars, the the scope of this product was like, wow, they're going for... they're. They're doing it all, yeah. everything they want. It's just as a game looks incredible. Yeah, it does look incredible. I really hope it is as good as it looks. And I hope the Switch gets a very solid port. I think that's really important, especially with the kind of game. It's the perfect one for the Switch audience. Uh, Nintendo have shut down the fan-made Pokemon gun. No surprises there. If it's fan-made and it's got a Nintendo name on it, it will be shut down. And it was shut down again, Anton. Yeah, it's, you know, I feel like uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield are kind of loners again, and they're going to be missing Pokemon Gun. Uh, it just feels unbalanced now. Did <laughs> you want to add something, Al? I was going to say, who who wouldn't want to run around first-person shooting Pokemon? It seems like a natural game for Nintendo to want to release and get behind. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's Nintendo. Uh, so, you know, uh, Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy, the definitive edition, gets a physical Nintendo Switch release on February the 11th. So end of this week, you can own a fairly mediocre port of a brilliant game. And, uh, you know, I really hope we do still see more of an update on the versions. I know, Al, you just finished Vice City. Did you? Did it get worse as the game got on in terms of the, the problems? No, I think a lot of the the patch that they put out fixed a lot of my issues. There were still there was still a bit of slowdown. It still wasn't perfect, but then again, it's a very old game, and it was an awful lot better than it was the first time round. And I loved it the first time round, so I do still cut it some slack. Just yeah, well, they're great games. Still just grumpy about the price. Yeah, I know. I I paid it too, and I kind of haven't really even sunk my teeth back into those games. But never mind. I'm sure I will at some point. Uh, the three year anniversary of Metroid Prime Four is being scrapped, Anton. Or, yeah, the three-year anniversary of Metroid Prime 4 being scrapped. Um, oh, I see. It, <laughs> I, did, I was thinking, how are they having a three-year anniversary of a game that's not out? Is this an ironic event or what's happening? But yes, it's, um, it's it's yeah, three years. Is that really three years? Yeah, which uh, begs into to question if we could start seeing this game soon. Um, you know, given a, an optimistic development time, you know, maybe four years... Of development, you know, we can maybe see a trailer or a teaser this year. But <laughs> come on, Anton, it's only been three years. You're not thirteen, you know. Come on, give cut them some slack. It's, yeah, uh, I think this will be more like a seven-year development cycle. Sadly, it's wild, Al, isn't it? It is. But with COVID in the middle, I can understand this is probably yeah. going to take a bit longer. And this has become such a white elephant of a game that they need to get it right. So they need to take their time with this. They need to release it when it's ready, rather than pushing it out. The biggest worry is it will be into the Switch's life cycle before they get out. It might end up being a sort of Switch 2 
game yeah, at this rate. There is that, of course, and that could be a problem if they've developed it <laughs> for the Switch and it's too late, but I'm sure they'll have thought of these things, surely. Uh, Kit and Krista have aired the final episode of Nintendo Minute and have left Nintendo. Never really watched Kit and Krista, but I know they had a big following and I, I, I did see a bit of the kind of farewell sort of bit to it, Anton, and I thought they came across really well. I mean, I don't know much about them, but um, I thought it came across pretty well and I and imagine there'll be people will miss that. Yeah, you know, they were very proactive on Twitter and TikTok kind of sharing their, their leaving process. And yeah, it's such a shame that there there was no room at Nintendo for them um, in any capacity, even as like contributing to Nintendo Directs or uh, continuing on the legacy of Treehouse Live. Um, yeah, the, the final episode was uh, very somber, uh, if even a little bit uh, low-key, which is a, a shame, but wish them the best in their, their future career endeavours. Yeah. yeah, I do wonder what they go off and do because they were so so loved in a very specific role. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And you, you never know what's next for Nintendo, let alone anything else. You could always see them reappearing at some point. Retro Studios have continued their large hiring spree. They've added a tools engineer and a technology engineer to the team. What do we think they're doing, Anton? I mean, they're obviously dealing with tools and technology, but what do you think they're making? Um, yeah, uh, I think this sadly adds a little bit of um, cadence to the idea that the um, you know Metroid Prime Four is not coming out next year. You know they're still developing tools, they're still working on the engine. Um, yeah, we're not playing this for a good while. It doesn't look like Al. I know. Well, you know, no. I mean, I'm assuming that's for Metro Prime. Might be for a, a new Donkey Kong Country. Yeah. Or something entirely different. Who knows? Well, there are rumours of that Donkey Kong game, but uh, finally in the news, we're actually at the final news article. Uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus uh, has released and people are loving it. Um, I've seen the reviews. I've seen people playing it. I've seen how active the community seems to be. It seems to have done everything the Pokemon games of late have failed to do, uh, Al, and captivate everybody that's playing it. I know. Well, I mean, to be fair, I mean, the last few Pokemon, have, they've always done well, but this one has gripped people in a slightly different way. I know it's had monumental sales in Japan. It's just out the door, and I suspect it's done the same around the world. People are really latching onto it. It's it's a proper... It feels like a more modern Pokemon. It's not that they just ruled out the same format over and over and over again. This one, they've reinvented it, and it's it's far more engaging. And I literally, I walk around the town at, in the evening, and half the windows that are lit up, you look in the, on the TV in there, and they're playing Pokemon Legends Arceus. It's just phenomenal. And right. I love the fact that at least one gamer in our Discord has been naming their Pokemon after other patrons, uh, and there's even a Pokemon called Mike. I did not know that. I missed that. That's wonderful. I love that. <laughs> Poor Pokemon. Got to catch them all, though. Um, Anton, just very quickly on that, because I know that, obviously, you'll have seen a lot of this as well. And, um, yeah, it's just done really well, hasn't it? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I was quite um, critical of it when it was initially unveiled, and uh, I still hold a lot of that criticism of it just doesn't look to the calibre yeah. it should. I think graphically there's, appear... a, there's a very sort of... It's, it's missing something in terms yeah. of fidelity, but um, people seem to love it. Yeah, I just looked it up. You're a Bidoof. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, you're permanently confused. <laughs> That's so accurate. Wow. <laughs> uh, okay, thank you very much to the Patreon who's done that. But yes, you're right, Anton. I do. I do feel there are some shortfalls, shortcomings yeah. with it. You know, I'm but... hoping that's a, a game that a Switch Pro or Switch Two can um, kind of add extra life to, because uh, yeah. it almost seems like the game's getting held back, even compared to other Pokemon games, just in terms of like anti-aliasing and rough edges. So yeah. I'm glad the good ge- the game's good underneath that. Yeah. Well, let's move on to the rumours. Now, I'm not normally one for gossip, but... 
Now, the first rumour I want to talk to you about is one that isn't mentioned on our list, but I do need to talk to you about this. Huge, huge rumours over the last 24 hours about a Nintendo Direct happening and being announced possibly in the next couple of days. Massive rumours about this. I don't know if either of you have seen this. Yeah, but I was reading it earlier on today as well. <laughs> this is not just about, this is not just where Mike goes, hey guys, there's going to be a Direct this week, just out of thin air. This is proper sort of discussions ongoing. Um, there's rumours that the production of the actual video has been completed and it's now being translated into different languages. Um, and it seems to be coming from fairly reputable sources. Um, what do we think? Al, I wondered if maybe next week it could be. Yeah, well, I mean, it's come from Zippo, who we've mentioned Zippo a few times on here because Zippo is a fairly reliable leaker and uh, they're saying that they are pretty confident they're going to get Mario Kart 9 properly announced and it's going to be a bit of a bumper release. They've not said what is in it because they openly said they don't know. But based on what they've heard, there's going to be a lot of content. So it's going to be a big, beefy one to get very excited about. Yeah, they must have heard that we're on our fourth season and they really need to set things up because, you know, <laughs> last year with the Directs wasn't quite their A game. So I know. 2022, that's the year. I really hope there is a Direct. I love a Direct. It's so much fun. Um, Konami have registered trademarks for Klonoa Fantasy uh, the Reverie series. I hate saying this name. Every time I get it, I'm like, oh, it's so hard to say it in the UK and Canada. Does that mean we're getting that series then, Anton? Um, yeah, to be honest, even to somebody who's vaguely familiar um, of the Klonoa franchise, Fantasy Revere series is words that don't even exist to me. <laughs> um, but, you know, I feel like we've been talking about Klonoa making a return just as long as we've been chatting about Persona coming to the Switch. Uh, I would love to see it. Very excited. Um, I just want it now. Sure. I'll get on board with that. Cool. Uh, yep. <laughs> Thanks for on. that, Al. <laughs> Peggy, have, <laughs> Peggy have leaked... Peggy 3. Peggy have leaked Zombie Army 4 Dead War for Nintendo Switch. I don't think that's going to be a Peggy 3. Just saying. <laughs> Peggy 18. Peggy 81. Um, no, it does look... In fact, no, that would also be dangerous. It's um, It does look quite scary, Zombie Army 4. Um, or, or, so it doesn't look quite scary. It sounds quite scary. And based on the previous uh, Zombie Army games, I think I will not be buying this one. That's gonna, I, day, day one release. Mike, I'm going to be there. Buying it. Shooting my way through hordes and hordes of zombies. <laughs> It would be another. We have got a few. I mean, we've got a few kind of zombie games on the Switch, Anton. Not that I've been playing them, but they're pretty well re received. And I think this would be too if it does happen. Yeah, I think this will be a, a very solid package. Um, the team behind it, you know, they've done Sniper Elite One through Four, I believe. I, I can't. I'm not too sure if the fifth game made the jump. They are all ported incredibly well. You know, it lives up to the the legacy of Call of Duty Zombies, but blown out into a full uh, expansive title. We currently have a Zombie Army Trilogy on Switch, so uh, it's a bit of a tough value proposition because that's quite a meaty package, but happy to have it. And Peggy's a very reputable leaker of games, whether or not they should be or not. They're meant to be rating. <laughs> uh, Datamine has suggested that Pokemon Go looks to be getting Google Ads. Fans are cross. Um, yeah, I can see why that would be the case. I can also see why they might be getting Google ads at this point in their life cycle, Al, but it does seem a bit of a... It's a shame, really. Yeah, it's been around for quite a while now. It's getting slightly long in the tooth, so I suspect the number of players playing it is probably dwindling and looking for extra revenue. And to be honest, actually, I'm not... I don't necessarily think it's that bad a thing because if you end up watching a couple of adverts to get your free, you know, extra Pokeballs, whatever it is you want, instead of having to pay real-world coin... That's kind of seems like an appealing proposition. I mean, 
if you don't want to spend money but you want to play the game, sure, watch a few adverts. That's the way the world works these days. I don't think it's that big a deal. Nah, I, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's you know, the game was clearly profitable for a very, very, very long time, and that was without the the support of other titles like the Harry Potter title and of the most recent Pokemon Bloom. So, if they're needing to support it with ads, they should either retire the game or have some more content to captivate audiences to bring it on because they had a working monetization structure before. Um, And I think with how many free-to-play titles that are microtransaction driven, it's not like that model is going out of fashion. So I don't know. This feels like they're trying to get more money. Yeah. It's a difficult one. I can kind of see both points. It will be interesting to see what they do bring in if this happens, as in what content they bring in. Because I think, as you say, Anton, if they do bring in something that changes up the way it works, and perhaps it is going to be, like Al said, it's an either or situation you know what if you want to get these things watch these ads we'll give you them for free or you can pay and not have the ads might be okay as long as the core game stays the same and you can still play it for free as you as you do right now i have my doubts i tend to think that this is mm, player base is down let's make some money but we'll see we'll see what happens Uh, gaming analyst harding rolls believes that we'll see the next gen switch 2024 which I could probably get on board with. I think that sounds a bit right. I don't see it happening, especially if we're getting Mario Kart 9. I don't see it happening in the next year. Uh, 2024 next gen. Yeah, I could see that, Al. Yeah, seven-year life cycle for the Switch. I, mean, I can't remember what they said in terms of their expectation for it, but somewhere between seven and ten years is probably about right, given the fact that they've had uh, a pandemic in the middle and the console has been doing phenomenally well. I can see 2024 to 2026 being the window for its the true successor, but the question is, do we see another interim iteration on the Oh, way? probably. Yeah, you know, it's, I think if there was a proper Switch Pro, I would maybe be a little bit more cautious of this. Um, however, the, as you say, seven-year life cycle, this kind of checks out. Um, I could speculate us maybe seeing a Switch OLED, a Switch Lite OLED in that time frame. Um, but yeah, this this seems like a fairly um, believable estimation. Yeah, uh, we mentioned this already, so we won't sort of linger on this. But according to Doctor Sarkan Toto, Mario Kart Nine is in active development and comes with a new twist. And Nintendo could tease it this year. We're going to leave that to one side because we could talk about that for ages. And we did mention there are big rumours about Direct. So if that happens, I suspect we're going to find out more about it at that point. So we will revisit that. But the final rumour is one that I'm so so happy to see this week, and it's quite a strong rumour too. French retailer WTT have leaked back Batman Arkham Collection. Uh, coming on the 31st of August for €59.99 featuring Arkham Knight, Arkham City and Arkham Asylum. They also leaked The Witcher 3, The Wild Hunt, which obviously came to fruition. Really excited for this. I've played a fair bit of Arkham Knight, but never finished it. And I see there's one of the games on Game Pass and I considered it last week and then thought, oh, but if it's coming to the Switch and I get the whole collection together, oh yeah, I'm going to be doing that because that is wonderful. And they're, they're great, great games. I think this would be... I think this will happen. I think we'll get the announcement of this in a direct, possibly in the next two weeks, Anton. Yeah, um, this one feels very logical, believable. WB have been great at supporting the Switch. Um, I think speculation-wise, I suspect that as a physical retail product, we'll see this with Arkham Arkham Asylum on the cartridge, Arkham City as a download, and possibly Arkham Knight as a cloud version. Um, 
However, if they could get that game running on the Switch, I would be very impressed and very happy. It's funny, you and I had exactly the same thought process. I was thinking, because I've, I've played and completed all three of those games. I did love the Arkham Knight games. Um, and Arkham Asylum would work very well, because it was designed with fairly small environments. They weren't massively detailed, so they would probably run relatively well on the Switch. Arkham City was pushing the boat, but they could maybe make it work. But Arkham Knight was just so detailed, so gorgeous, so rich that I think they would struggle to get that running natively on a Switch. So cloud version might be what they did there. We we went down exactly the same thought process. Yeah, I, I would accept the cloud version if that collection was all for that one price. I would I would accept that because then the reason for the cloud version is limitation on what you can do with the Switch, whereas with the example of um, uh, Kingdom Hearts, that's not the case. That is just a cash grab where they've gone, let's just throw on the cloud because it's easier. So I I can accept cloud gaming where there's genuine reason to use it. So yeah, I I think that's very um, likely that it will happen one way or another. I'll be very interested to see what they do with Arkham Knight, whether they try and cram it on the the cartridge. Hey, they managed it with um, The Witcher 3 and and it's, it's a pretty good port. So who knows? Time will tell. Right, this is the longest episode we've ever had. I kind of love that for season four, but whatever, that's all good. I know, I know it's, you know, it's late in the day, but let's do the quiz. <laughs> well, it's a good job I've got one prepared, isn't it? Thank goodness for that. I mean, to be honest, should we just put the disclaimer? We haven't actually, up- we are going to update the quiz. We haven't done it yet because, you know, it's been a tough couple of months for everybody we wanted to get back on we didn't want to waste any time i'm going to be bringing some new music to all our extra shows that anyone that signs up to our patreon is going to get hold of soon enough um and we're going to have a new quiz at some point and we we don't want to change the format too much because we love the show as it is so al it's over to you at the moment let's do it all right okay so uh last year we were on anton it was in 26 you're in 24 and a half i'm tempted to just wipe the slate clean to start again oh yes well (laughs) whatever i don't mind you you do you do you you are the quiz master. <laughs> All right. In that case, it's a clean slate. We're starting afresh for season four. So, very first game. Uh, it was a platformer in 1994. That's all I'm going to give you. Fire away. Mm, Rollo to the rescue. No. Rayman. No. It was released on the SNES and the Mega Drive, but technically they were different games. They said exactly the same name. Um, Airform Jim. Mm, the Simpsons. Bart's um, Nightmare No but you're getting Marginally closer uh, It was released in On the Game Boy In 1995 And eventually in Japan In 1997 For the SNES The Lion King No um, Let's go for um, Bart versus the Mutants Nope Published by Konami Developed by Konami And Factor 5 And it was a tie-in To an animated series But it was not The Simpsons Red and Stimpy uh, let's go for um, Toe Jam and Arrow. Nope. Uh, on the Mega Drive version, uh, there, well, so, okay, on the Mega Drive version, three siblings open a hip hop culture shop uh, to see their favourite movie stars. That, that was this, generally the story. Uh, they travel through time to retrieve memorabilia, only to then have it stolen by two ne'er do wells who have, uh, they have to recover it from. That was the Mega Drive version. On the SNES version, a mastermind bent on controlling the world decides to steal the script of a new movie. The three siblings must help retrieve all 24 pages of it. There are several endings depending on how many scripts you manage to retrieve. Does that help? The Chipmunks, Alvin, Simon and Theodore. Nope, again you're getting closer. Um, Did you specify if it's an animated movie or a TV series? 
I just said it was an animated series, but it was a TV series. Um, let's go for the Rugrats. Nope, but even closer, I would say. That was the one uh, I was going to guess. The Game Boy version featured a unique soundtrack if you played it through your Super Game Boy. Scrooge McDuck. No. Um, uh, Bugs Bunny. Nope. In the game, Dot is cute, Yakko Yaks, and Wacko Packs away the snacks. Um, Animaniacs. Yes! <laughs> Good one, Mike. So close. <laughs> The only reason I remembered that was the theme tune. It just came to my head there just at the last second. Yeah, that was a classic. I, I, I actually didn't know um, anything about I do. I do vaguely remember there being a game. I didn't realise the differences. And I thought it's quite fascinating that they had two different versions. Entirely different so games. So strange. But it's so weird. And all of them were published by Konami. Same publisher, just different games. Wow. GG. <laughs> okay, first blood to Mike. Uh, second game is a single-player shoot-em-up, uh, initially released on the Amiga, uh, also on the CD32, the Atari ST, DOS, and Archimedes. Space uh, Harrier. Hard cops? Uh, you were both wrong. Uh, it was then released in 1994 on the SNES and the Mega Drive, also on the Jaguar and 3DO. Doom. Nope. Um... Shadow Beast. Nope. It was then released in the Game Boy Color in 2000. It's a shoot 'em up. Shoot 'em up. That's how it's described, anyway. Mm. Airplane? That's not my description. Uh, no. Uh, uh, Duke Nukem. Nope. It was developed by Sensible Software and published by Virgin Interactive Entertainment. Cannon Fodder. Yes! Oh, GG. Hey, it was indeed. Hey, two for Telling two. Well Mike. done, Mike. Yeah. You got it. I didn't realise that, that was developed and it ran on Sensible Soccer Engine. Yeah, that's what got me. I knew that. I knew that part because you could buy it in a double pack with Sensible Soccer at one point in random forms. Yeah, well reason. done. Well, that means Mike is well and truly won, but let's see if Anton can uh, claw back a little bit of dignity uh, in the closest to the flag round. <laughs> I think I may have done this one before, but I'm not entirely sure. What year did we get Dr. Mario released? Who's going first? Uh, well, since you're in the lead, you can go first. Oh, poo. Um, okay, I'll. that's a difficult one because I think it was, I know the era, but I, I'm trying to think the actual year. I think it was 1990. Um, I'll go 1991. It's either 90 or 91. You're correct, it is either 90 or 1991. <laughs> I knew that, but I don't know which one. Mike? Has a hat trick. Oh, come on. Wow. That's Incredible. the first time I think that's ever happened. Wow, Season three. four premiere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's coming out of the gate strong, so it's 2 nil to Mike. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, yeah, I, I knew it was around that era, and I had the biggest temptation to go 91, but I just had this feeling it might have been earlier, so I was very lucky, because had, had it been the other way around, then Anton would have probably gone 1990. So. Well done. Good well, job, chaps. Out of, out of interest, before we finish, if it had been you first, what would you have gone for? What year? Uh, I, I was probably still would have went 1991 because I know there was a couple weird NES games that got released. I know Yoshi's Cookie was around about that time. That's right, yeah. Got that's that. once we got the last of the NES stuff and the Super Nintendo was just coming in at that time. So yeah. uh, you would have had the point either way. Wow. 
I mean, that makes me feel even better because it doesn't happen very often because Anton is the resident genius when it comes to all things computer games, but um, I'll take it for a one-off. It's nice for a one-off. Listen, it's been a huge mammoth episode. If you are still with us, thank you so much. Hopefully this will do you a couple of commutes for our first episode. <laughs> Hopefully you're on commute number two or three by the time you get to this part part of the uh, the show. Um, but it has been a lot of fun. It's been great to get back into it. And um, just a quick reminder again, for those that aren't signed up as a patron, please come and join us. It's so much fun. Um, we have such a great community and we're going to be looking at doing a whole bunch of things this year. We're so happy to be back on it. Remember, nsukp.co.uk forward slash support dash us. Get all the details there. Al, anything you'd like to add? Uh, if you fancy dropping us an email, you can do so. Podcast at nsukp.co.uk. And in fact, if you have any wonderful ideas for what we can do with the quiz to shake it up, then I am genuinely all ears. Please do fire me any ideas you may have or suggestions you think would be cool to hear, and I will see whether I can make them work. Actually, I want you to keep it the same because I've started well. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> any final words, uh, Anton? Indeed, yes. Um, if you want to learn more about all the stuff that we do outside of the Patreon, do head over to nsukp .co.uk uh, I've been doing a bunch of upgrades there we've got an updated videos page we've got an updated episodes page uh, we also have a brand new video out now on the YouTube channel a review mm. of A Short Hike which is a game that is beloved amongst played that. many of our team and as well as that I'm um, hoping to have some more friendly face on a, a more reoccurring basis for season 4 so um, have been in chats with people and hoping to, to get some faces that we haven't heard from in a good bit and yeah check out everything we're on twitter thanks to all the seven thousand not seven thousand seven hundred people that now follow us on at nsuk podcasts on twitter yeah. facebook and nowhere else <laughs> and that's it <laughs> uh, no the um the youtube definitely go, go and check out some of the reviews on youtube there's some fantastic ones and a uh, short hike if you've never played that game go and watch the review because it's a lovely lovely game and uh, the review is excellent as well we're very very lucky to have an amazing team to help us out with some of those reviews um so go and give them some love give them a thumbs up give them a like subscribe and um, help us out even if even if it's just by listening to the podcast we, and that's all you do we really appreciate all your time especially if you've made it this long you're an absolute legend if you had if you have hopefully we'll be back for a, a direct special i've just ah oh, just a direct would just make me so happy so we'll see what happens um, that is it though for our first show of 2022 a whole hour and 50 minutes later or whatever it'll be by the end of this podcast <laughs> thank you so much for sticking around we'll see you later goodbye cheerio or fast